That's a picture of Chuck Ellis, or you'd know him as Charles Ellis, uh, I believe. You know who he is? Is he here? There you go. Uh, that's a picture of Charles, though I'm sure he'll get me back for that. It's not. It's McCurley. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's more of that coming your way, too, I'm sure, over the next four sessions. Um, I'm honored to be here. I, I, I do need to introduce two people. Uh, one is right here. Her name is Mariana Long, a dear friend of mine. She's adopted me uh, as one of her own and has loved on me and my wife Melissa since I got married in 2002. Her friend Christy's also here, a dear sweet friend of Mariana's. Please say hello. The other lady's over here. She talks a little bit funny. Her name is Elizabeth McKeown. And uh, I, I don't remember, I was a wee boy. Uh, huh? She said a snotty wee kid, or did you say something else? Oh, I thought you said something else under your breath there. Uh, it's an Irish thing. Uh, so she might have remembered me from this side. She's a really nice lady. Say hello to her too, please, would you? I know you'll do that because you love Jesus. Um, uh, thank you for letting me be here. Our theme is stronger, lovely little song to that, a stronger look, marvelous there. And so as I reflected on this, um, since we were supposed to start at seven, did I get an extra eight minutes? Thanks for your encouragement. <laughs> you were all thinking we started at six and you've been waiting 45 minutes, right? Thanks. <laughs> Rocking a hard place. So as I think about this theme stronger, uh, as I reflected on this theme, I realized that I can't get stronger on my own. You know, um, for the most part, I'm lazy. I know it doesn't look like it, but I'm quite lazy. Uh, I'm a preacher. They say preachers only work on Sundays. That isn't true for me. On a good day, I'll work 25 minutes. Um, <laughs> That shows you how lazy I am. One sermon a week, that's all they can handle. And um, uh, so I need help. I need people to spur me on. I need people to hold me accountable in my walk with God. I need power outside of myself to get stronger spiritually. I need a reason. I need a purpose. I need some kind of motivation to be stronger spiritually. Can anyone relate to what I'm saying? Am I walking on your street? See, in this session, I, I'm going to sort of give you an overview of what I'm going to be really doing tomorrow. If you come back uh, tomorrow on the Lord's Day for a couple of three sessions, and I'll make some application on the way. Uh, I'm going to say a quick prayer. I may take 25 minutes. Is that too long for you? No? Uh, Charles, Chuck, what? Not for the prayer, for the sermon. All right, just making sure you're with me. Uh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't go longer than 30 minutes. Though with an accent like mine, I should get an, another five or six, right? <laughs> right, amen, church? Any, you know, you're not? Yeah, come on. Um, Father, thank you that we can be together as your family where we can encourage one another to be more like you. And we need help in that arena. Uh, Father, thank you for Jesus. Uh, would you, would you, and could you, and can you get me out of the way uh, to 
speak to us tonight about uh, how we can be stronger spiritually. Uh, help me to say something that will help your people here. That's, that's my purpose. And, and would you do it in the name of Jesus, please? Amen. So if, if you were to ask the biologist, what were the essentials of life? He'd tell you like air and, and food and, 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 and water and light. If you were to ask the pharmacist, uh, what are the essentials of life? He'd probably give you a long list of trace minerals and some vitamins or vitamins uh, that you need. If you were to ask um, a, a survivalist, you know, um, it, it, what's essential for life? They'd probably say a shotgun, uh, water, ammunition, and a bunker. Something like that, yes? And so wouldn't you agree that there's much more to people than just physical life? Yes? Would, would you agree that, that with Christians there's a spiritual element to living life. Of course we need food and air and water and, and we need vitamins and we need some other things. But as Christians, there's a spiritual element to our lives, yes? This is the part where you either say yes or no, okay? This is, that would be the part you would probably shake your head. You don't shake your head at church? No? You do shake your head at church for the wrong reasons though, right? Um, see, we're, for all humans, there's a, an emotional side to us. And, 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 and there's, so there's this, this spiritual side, there's the physical side, there's the emotional parts. And, and, and especially the spiritual element in our lives and the emotional element, they're just as needed as air and water and, and, and food. Would you agree with that? So if we don't have a spiritual and emotional element in our lives, uh, we're, we're not really living. You know, we're just existing. We're not uh, casting crowns. We talk about thriving or surviving. And so if we want to get stronger spiritually, we would need to do some spiritual activities. You know, I'm talking to the choir, right? I'm going to take it that you read your Bible. I won't ask you to raise your hand if you do it, but I'm just going to say, you know, you read your Bible and you pray and you, you, you know, you may fast or you're in silence or you meditate and you do some of these spiritual disciplines. So, let me, you know, we need to do certain exercises if we want to get spiritually stronger. You would agree with that. If I want to get physically stronger, I would need to lift weights and watch what I eat and rest and exercise and all those things. When it comes to getting spiritually stronger, I need to do some spiritual exercises. Yes? So let me give you an example. So I, I read a book recently, um, about a month ago, and it's called 10 Ways to a Stronger Marriage. And uh, my frenemy, Trey Morgan, wrote the book. Have you heard of it? 10 Ways to a Stronger Marriage. Now, husbands, 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 I read the book. I should get credit for that, right? I got one wife clapping and no husband saying amen. I should get some kind of credit, right? I even told my wife, Melissa, hey, I read a marriage book and it's called 10 Ways to a Stronger Marriage. Wives, I should get some credit for that too, right? Telling my wife I read the book, right? Thank you for clapping twice. Appreciate that. Thank you. But reading the book, 
isn't going to be any benefit to me at all unless I apply the teaching that's in this marriage book. That makes sense, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I wonder if there's spiritual application there. There has to be, right? So if I want to know how to get stronger spiritually, what would I need to do? Well, I would need to read the book, the Bible. I would need to read that, and I should get credit for reading it. I would get credit, wouldn't I? Another crown, you know, or another kind of diamond or some jewel on my crown for reading it. Well, it's of no benefit to me if I don't apply what the teaching is. Yes, that makes sense, doesn't it? Same with the marriage book. If I don't apply the teachings in this marriage book that Trey and his wife uh, wrote, I, did I just waste my time? you know, and get a pat on the back, or if I applied it, then I could have a better marriage. And so if I could apply the scriptures, I could have a stronger relationship with God. That makes sense, doesn't it? Even Irish people can understand that, right? So if you want to get stronger spiritually, you need to read the book and do what it says. Hello? You, you need to do what it says. You need to apply it to your life. It's what, listen, it's what we do with what we hear that's going to make all the difference. James said something like that, didn't he? It's what we do with what we hear that's going to make all the difference. I can read the book from cover to cover and still not have a good relationship with God. I may know some things, but my relationship hasn't matured. Makes sense, doesn't it? It's only when I apply those truths. You know, um, I don't believe you came here on a Saturday night and you're the kind of Christians that just listen to the Word and are deceived. I believe you actually do it. Am I wrong? I'm not here to beat you up. Can we go to the next slide, please? In order for anyone to get stronger, we need power from outside ourselves. We need power to live on. We need the power to live on to get stronger. Yes? Because there's lots of things in life that will drain your strength. Parents, can I get an amen? Elders, can I get an amen? Moms, can I get an amen? Fathers, anyone who has breath in the body, can I get an amen? Because there's things in life that will drain you. It's true. A change of life circumstances can drain you. If you have to move from one state to another state, it can drain you. Stress at home or at work can rob you of your power. Uh, a conflict in relationships Maybe you have to confront someone or you don't want to confront someone. It can drain your strength. Basically, just living life can drain you. Would you agree with that? So where do you get the strength? Where do you get the stamina to keep going when you want to give up? See, people try different things. Some people work out. Not anybody in here, though, but the other people work. Some people work out. 
to get stronger. Some, uh, some people drink um, um, Red Bull or uh, Rockstar, some of those drinks, whatever they are, they've got so much caffeine in it that you could fly by yourself. Or, or the 5R energy drinks, um, or uh, America runs on Duncan. You have Dunkin' Donuts here, or is it um, Krispy Kreme? No Krispy Kreme people? They're at the other church? You're all Dunkin' people, are you? Better donuts there too, aren't they? Oh. Forget I said anything about donuts. <laughs> or, or people, you know, when we're drained in life, we can take a natural mood enhancer, something to give us a little bit of a boost. But those things are only temporary, right? The sure way to find, you know, the power we need when we're drained is God, isn't it? It's God through the Holy Spirit that work in us and through us. What I'm saying is, you know, when we, when we get drained, we need to spend some more time with God, but we've got limited time, yes? Preachers definitely have limited time, but um, we have limited time and then our lives can get very busy. Would you agree with that? And uh, we don't have the time we need to visit with God and spend time with God. So I believe the more we focus on God, the more power we're going to have in life and the stronger that we're going to be. I, I don't know how many times, and maybe I'm walking on your street when I say this, I, I don't know how many times I've said the words, I can't do this. I, I'm not able to go through this. Have you ever said that? And then my, my wife, Melissa, would, would say, have you prayed about it? She's always right. <laughs> have you invited God into it? Have, are you letting God own whatever it is that you're dealing with that's draining your strength? See, I know God needs to be involved in my life. And so do you. It's the application. I know he's the power source. He's the unlimited strength in everything that I need. And the scriptures say that. But it's applying that. Whatever's draining me, I have to give it over to him. Let him own it. Say, this is yours. I can't do it. That makes sense, doesn't it? It's applying that. How often do we go through life and think, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. I don't got it, I don't got it, I don't got it, I don't got it. Are you going to help me at all? Or we'll do it as much as we're able to, and then we say, I can't do it anymore. Can you take it? That doesn't seem right, does it? See, the truth is God has all the power we'll ever need. And I've read somewhere, I can do all things through Christians through who? Is that true? This is the part where you say yes. Yes. But how often do we do it on our own and try on our own, knowing that God can do it? It's applying the truth of the Scriptures, isn't it? And there's lots of other places about getting God's strength. So my strong encouragement to you is this. Get your eyes off your problems. Get your eyes off looking at yourself because when I look at myself, I don't see God. I'm just looking at my stuff and the things that drain me. Does that make sense? Get your eyes off your problems and get it on 
to God. Uh, get a next slide, please. Listen to this from Isaiah 40, 30. Even though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. Anybody need new strength here? They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary or tired. They will walk and not become weary. We know this truth, don't we? We've read it. Is there application in our lives? Do we wait on the Lord or do we run ahead? Do we get our strength from him or get it from Red Bull or five-hour energy drinks or caffeine? See, God is all the power you need, and you get it by waiting on him and focusing on him. So consider this with me, okay? If you spend a lot of your life focusing on God, you're going to have a lot of power in your life. If you spend a little time focusing on God, you're going to have a little power in your life. If you don't spend any time focusing on God and the things of God and God's Word, you're not going to have any power in your life. That makes sense, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Doesn't it? See, there's a word uh, for focusing on God in the Bible, and it's the word worship. And worship is more than singing, as you know. So worship you know, simplified for the Irish people is focusing on God. Worship is focusing on God, not your stuff, not anybody else's stuff, focusing on God. See, we're gathered here tonight, aren't we, for worship. Now, we sang a song or two, but we're here focusing on God, which is worship. It's not just singing. Singing is a part of worship. Praying is a part of worship. But what we're doing here, even when we're fellowshipping together and eating all the goodies, we're worshiping. We're fellowshipping with each other. See, you can worship God. I'm not telling you you don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to the choir. You can worship God by yourself in the desert or, or in your backyard. You can worship God with a couple of people. You can worship God with a group this size. We are worshiping God when we focus our time and effort and energy on him. It doesn't matter. You focus on God, we're worshiping God. And that's where the source of the power to live is. Worship on God. So, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a betting person, but if I were, I would bet that some of you came here and you're feeling weary. In a group this size, it has to be one person. Or, or maybe someone here that feels overwhelmed. Group this size, someone has to feel overwhelmed. You, your, your heart's heavy about something, but here you are, and you want to worship. Maybe you're feeling frustrated by life. Maybe life isn't going the way you wanted it to go. And you, maybe you feel like, you know, you got a lot of problems, you got a lot of pressure, you got a big weight on you, and you're carrying it around, and it's overwhelming you. Maybe you're feeling drained tonight. Am I walking on your street? See, I, I would want to invite you right now, even though you're sitting, just, just stay, you know, seated. Sit back and, and, and think about God. Don't fall asleep, okay? Think about God. Think about God's love for you. Think about the blessings that we have in Christ. Think about forgiveness. Think about the day coming where he's going to bring us all home. 
Think about your favorite song, hymn. Think about your favorite scripture. Do that for 10 seconds, would you? Uh, or, or just say, thank you, God. If you want to say it out loud, say it out loud. Quote your scripture. Start singing if you want to. But do it for about 10 seconds, would you? See, that's called worship. Just sitting in silence, thinking and reflecting on who God is. You're focusing on him. Did you have a song in your head? Nobody sang out loud. That's interesting. Nobody said their scripture. No one said, that's worship, isn't it? Where we're focusing our time on God. And it's this same power that, that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's available for us. So if you want to get stronger spiritually, we need power that's outside of our lives. It's in the Word of God, but it's through the Spirit of God that lives in us as well. So my strong encouragement to you is to be intentional about prioritizing your time with God. We don't have a lot of time. Life's busy, isn't it? Make the time. But in order to be stronger, it's just not power from God. We need power that's outside of ourselves. It's people that we need to. Can you go to the next slide, please? We need people to live with. We need people to live with. If we're going to get stronger spiritually, we need power from outside of ourselves, which is the Holy Spirit. I'll develop that tomorrow morning in the Bible class. But you also need people to live with. The Bible would call this what? Church. It would call us the family of God, the community of faith. It would call it fellowship, wouldn't it? All those things that you know. You see, you and I were made for relationships. Again, I'm not telling you something you don't know, but it's applying that truth, isn't it? It's applying that truth. See, in order for us to grow stronger spiritually, we need a power outside of ourselves, but we also need people in our lives who will spur us on to love and good works, who will hold us accountable, who will help us when we get weary. Do you have people like that in your life? Hello? Do you have people like that in your life? Do you have people in your life that you trust? Or is there people in your life that where you can throw up on them and say, this is what's really going on in my life and I need help. I, I, I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm struggling raising my kids. I'm struggling in my health. I'm struggling with my finances. I'm struggling with the preacher. I'm struggling with the elders. Or the elders said, I'm struggling with the sheep. Do you have someone in your life that you trust? People that you can live life with. You know, I've been preaching whatever length of time I've been preaching, and I see it, and you probably see it too. There's a lot of people. I'm not here to beat us up. I'm not. I didn't come all this way to beat you up. I'm not beating up the bride of Christ either. But there are people who come into church, and they're not. They're there, but they're not there. You know what I'm talking about? They're there, but they're not. How are you doing? Good. You doing good? I'm doing good too. You doing good? Okay. But they don't tell us what's really going on. Maybe they don't trust us. 
We need to do something about that. Are, are you someone that people trust? Are you, where, where people can come up and say, look, I'm really wrestling with this. Could you help me? See, I need people like that in my life. People that are going to hold my feet to the fire when it needs to be held to the fire. People are going to pray for me. People who will let me throw up on them. That may not be a good way to say it, but I'm saying it that way. Let, let me throw up on them, and then we'll work through all the junk. You've got friends like that, don't you? Hello? Do you? God bless you if you do. See, we need people to live with. We need people around us to support us and encourage us and lift us up when we're feeling down. And so the Bible tells us that when God made Adam, he put him in the Garden of Eden, but when God looked at Adam, this is Genesis 2.18, he says, it's not good for man to be alone. And, and can you replace that and say, well, it's not good for a woman to be alone? It's not good for anybody to be alone. It's not good for children to be alone. It's not good for anyone to be alone. We were created for fellowship and relationship, weren't we? Love God, love your neighbor. See, it, it's not God's will for you to do the Christian life on your own. See, you were made for relationship. You were made for community and living life with other people. And, 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 and maybe you've noticed this, I have. Maybe you've noticed this over the last 10 years or so, especially with technology, we're growing further and further apart. Have you noticed that? Hello? Have you noticed that? You know, fences up. When you, you remember the days, and I'm too young to know this. You know, my grandfather told me, but you might remember it, um, where people would sit on the porch. We didn't do that in Northern Ireland, did we? We didn't have porches. We were so poor we couldn't afford porches in Northern Ireland. People would just stand outside the front door, wouldn't they, and hope someone would walk by. You know what I'm saying? Do you remember those days? And it just seems life's too busy and people don't want to share and, and, and we're just drifting further and further. And the same thing can happen in the church if we're not too careful. So, you know, if, that, if the technology, young families, you're here, anybody who's used technology, if technology's an issue in your family, there's a book called The Tech Wise Family by Andy Crouch. The Tech Wise Family by Andy Crouch. It's a very good book. If you struggle with technology in your home and telling your kids or your grandkids to put it down, read the book. It will really help. See, the Bible says we're supposed to live in fellowship, relationship, and live life together with each other. We're not supposed to go through life as lone rangers. We're supposed to have people that we trust, that we can depend on. Can you go to the next slide, please, look? Uh, people that we can trust. Here, here's a Bible verse that all of us would know, okay? It's a go-to Bible verse. We could use it. I think you may have heard this in a wedding. You know, I think this applies to all relationships, but I think, you know, it's, it's a wedding deal. Uh, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Let me ask you this. Do you have someone to help you up? Is this church the kind of church that helps people up? This is the part where you say yes. 
Is this church the kind of church that helps people up when they're fallen? You see, we all need people to live with. And here's the good news. I'm not telling you again anything you don't know. God has designed or has established a custom-made support network just for you. And it's called the church. Isn't that amazing? I think he knows what he's doing. See, church is not something you go to. Church is not an event that you attend. Church is a family that God uh, meant for you to be connected with and engaged with. He, he wants you to have relationships and connections and fellowship in the body of Christ and the family of God. And we all know the benefits and the blessings of being a part of the family of God. We know it, right? Are you applying that truth to your life? Because what I'm talking about here is more than just coming to church on a Sunday morning and saying, hey, you doing all right? Yeah. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing all right. And we see the back of each other's heads. And then we're there late or we leave early. You know, we're talking more about that, more than just showing up, right? God, God has made us for more than that. Now, we should show up every time the doors are open to get the fellowship and encouragement and the spurring on that we need. But the reality is, and, and I, I know you're listening, but listen some more here, okay? If we're not careful, if we're not watching out for this, when things get busy, when life gets busy, the first thing that's usually dropped is our relationships. The first relationship that goes when we get busy with life is our relationship with God. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I've been preaching for a little while, and I see this happening all the time. When life gets busy, we say to ourselves, I've no time to get to service this morning. Well, it's usually I don't get the Bible class first, the Bible class is first. Though I think you've changed that all around, haven't you? Um, it, that I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to meet with my small group or life group or cell group or house group, whatever you call it here, if you have these small groups. The first thing that usually goes is our relationship with God when life gets busy. Have you seen it? You see how busy we can get? And the first thing is, I can't meet you for coffee. I can't go to the men's prayer breakfast. I can't do this and I can't do that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Again, I'm not here to beat us up. The next relationship to go is your family. I, I, I've, I've got, the boss has given me so much of a hard time at work. And there's deadlines. And I, I'm not going to be home this week for dinner with the family. Or, or it's tax season right now. And everybody else is staying to 7 o'clock and I need to. So then it's, you see what I'm saying? When life gets busy, the relationships go south. The first one is God, then it's your family. When life gets busy, our relationships go to the wall and we get weaker and weaker spiritually. Can you see how that happens? See, we cannot cut back on this essential of life, these relationships. We need power outside of ourselves and power uh, with people in our lives. So we need these meaningful, supportive, encouraging, challenging, 
godly relationships. Wouldn't you agree with that, church? We know that's true, isn't it? So my strong encouragement to you is make sure the Christian relationships are priority. Make sure they're the first thing that stays, not the first thing that goes. It's the application of this, isn't it? You know that's true. So you need to apply it. Next slide, please. In order for us to become stronger spiritually, we need a purpose to live for. This is the last one, which means I've got an hour left. You're doing really good, okay? You're doing really good. We need a purpose to live for. Everybody believes or everybody wants to feel like their life matters. Yes? Am I making a difference in this world? Am I making a difference with my kids? Am I making a difference in my marriage? Am I making a difference where I work? Am I making a difference in your life? Everybody wants to know that, don't they? Is my life worth anything? Am I influencing anyone for God? Everybody wants to know that, right? Everybody wants to know that they have a purpose. We don't want to just feel like we're taking up space and using oxygen that other people could be using or we're draining resources from somebody. We all want to know, does my life matter, right? So God gives us a purpose. But the truth is there's a lot of people, I'm not saying Christians here, but people, they don't really know what their purpose in life is. So they get up, you know, if it's a weekday and, they eat breakfast and they go to work and they work and then they eat lunch and they work some more and they look at the clock hoping it's time to go home and then they go home and they make dinner or they eat the dinner and then it's rinse and repeat. Isn't it? You think, what's life about? See, the purpose of life is more than being entertained. The purpose of life is more than just having fun. The purpose of life is more than gathering as much things as we can gather only to give them to someone else after we die. See, the purpose of life, purpose of life is more than just retiring. You see, we Christians have a purpose, yes? Hello? Uh, microphone's still working or to shut it off? We have a purpose in life. And if you don't know what your purpose is, I'm confident there's people at this church that can help you with it help you and tell you what your spiritual gifts are and where you can be used to build up the local body of Christ. See, one guy clearly understood the purpose was the Apostle Paul. Can you go to the next slide, please? Listen to what he says in Acts 20, 24. The most, this is Apostle Paul speaking, the most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to tell people the good news about God's grace. That's the New Century Version. See, God had a mission and a purpose for the Apostle Paul, right? We read about it all through the Scriptures. You think God's got a, I'm going to say, a life mission for you? You think God's got a purpose for you? Really? You think God's got a purpose for you? Or is it just for the preachers and the elders and the deacons and the youth workers and all the other ministers? You think God's got a purpose for you? Well, yes. And I would think a church like Oldham Lane here would have a ministry that would help people figure out what their purpose is. That would help people say, what are your spiritual gifts? Let's find out what they are. And we can find you a place 
where you can use your spiritual gifts, where you could fulfill your purpose as a Christian to build up this body of Christ? What do you think? you think that's possible? So, tomorrow, I'm, I'm almost finished, okay? Uh, tomorrow we'll develop those areas, you know, power that's, that we need to get stronger, which is outside of ourselves, and people to live with, this fellowship and community of faith and a purpose. I'm, I'm going to develop those tomorrow if you come by. But for right now, let me close by giving you the first step. And, and the first step may seem very silly to you, and I'm not trying to make you feel silly by saying it. Okay, just consider it. The first step to getting spiritually strong is that you need to get to know God. That sounds awfully silly, doesn't it? That you need to get to know God, which would be very difficult to do because he's a big God. But how many of us get busy doing the Christian life? And the relationship with God is off to the side. Not here to beat us up, but just want us to think. So one of the first things we need to do is get to know God. We get to know God through Jesus Christ, his son. We read the gospels. We build this relationship with him. Yeah. Does that sound silly? I'm not trying to make fun of you in any shape or form. I'm just saying, you know, to get stronger spiritually, we need to get to know God. We'll get to know God through his word, yes. We'll get to know God through his people, yes. Get to know God through prayer and meditation and get to know God through serving other people. That all makes sense, doesn't it? I, I, that's the first step. I think the second step is we need to get connected to the spiritual family. And again, I, I mean more than just coming to church. People can come to church for years and be disconnected to the body. Some people could be members. And again, I'm not trying to beat us up here. I just want us to get spiritually stronger. Some people can come to church for 20 years and not be engaged in the life of the church. They may just come and consume. Again, I'm not, that's where they are in the walk with God. But if we're going to get stronger spiritually, we need to know God. And then we need to be involved and engaged in and use the gifts that all of us have been given to build up the church. Yes? Are you okay with what I'm saying and how I'm saying it? Again, I'm not here to beat us up. I just want us to get spiritually stronger. So we get to know God and we engage in church. What, what spiritual gifts do you have? that you're using to bless the body? What spiritual gifts do you have that you're not using? Maybe because you haven't been asked. Or maybe you're just not using it because you think, well, his gift's better than mine, or her gift's better than mine. And this, does that make sense? Well, we need all the gifts, all the parts of the body to work so it grows and functions the way it's supposed to. See, none of these things are going to be of benefit to us what I've shared unless we apply it. There was a book that my Uncle Jim wrote. It was about the Holy Spirit. It was a blue cover. And I read the book, and there was one sentence in it 
and it was the reason why I read the book, and the sentence was, the truth is for doing. It's a book on the Holy Spirit. I can't remember the name of the book. He's written so many, but it was a good book on the Holy Spirit. But that one sentence, the truth is for doing. Wouldn't you agree with that? We need power outside of ourselves. We need people to live with, and we need a purpose to live for. Can you go to the next slide, and then I'm done. I might be close to my... How many times have I said I'm almost done? Two, ten? Oh, I'm glad you've only got ten fingers. So I might do a couple more. Listen to this. Jesus has the power of God by which he has given us everything we need to live and to serve God. We have these things because we know him. This is all about knowing God, knowing his son Jesus Christ and using our gifts. Next slide, please. Look at these three areas. What one do you need to focus on the most? Do you need power to live on, power which is outside of yourself? Do you need people to live with, to be stronger spiritually? Do, do you need a purpose to live for, to be stronger spiritually? You, you remember what I said at the beginning? It's what we do with what we hear that's going to make all the difference. G James said, it, you know, don't be deceived. What, what did James say? The brother of Jesus don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says, yes? So, so what one of these would you need to focus on to help you be spiritually stronger? And you think about it and think, well, I, I need to do better at being around people and engaging them and connecting with them and sharing life with them. Or maybe you're thinking, I I'm not using my spiritual gifts, and, and I need to, and I need someone to tell me what they are, and I, I, don't, I feel like I just come here and, and consume. Or, or maybe you're not tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're not getting the strength you need from the Word of God. You need to be in the Word, God, and applying it more. I'm very confident that there's people at this church that can help you with those areas so that you will be spiritually stronger. You see, I read that book, you know, 10 Ways to a Stronger Marriage, and it's a really good book. And I would recommend that you read it, but it's not going to help my marriage or your marriage until we apply the truths in that marriage book. And we can read the Bible all day long. It's not a bad thing to do but it's applying those truths because it's what we do with what we hear that's going to make all the difference. Last slide says next step. What, what, what do you think your next step is? Because you need to respond. I need to respond to what I heard. Don't you? What's your next step? Whatever your next step is, take it. Take it. Don't just go home and be deceived and robbed. Take the next step. 
If you need power to live on or people to live with or a purpose to live for, then go and do it. Go and do it. And do it in the name of Jesus for his glory. Yes? God bless you and you're believing and in you becoming stronger spiritually. Thank you.